It's time for John Paul, the car doctor, on North Shore 1049. Call today with your car questions, comments, or concerns. 1-800-370-1049. That's 1-800-370-1049. John Paul, the car doctor. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on North Shore 1049. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems. And by the way, our announcer, Jimmy Carter, it's his 20th, I think, 20th wedding anniversary this week. So uh, congratulations to him and his wife for 20 years of happily married bliss. I saw some of the pictures of his uh, his wedding, him and his uh, his uh crew were all dressed as sort of 1920s 30s gangsters uh with an old car so uh and uh he said well i like the classics and i said to him uh yeah you kind of you kind of had the the gangster look you know the not the 20 not the 21st century gangster look but the old gangster look and i said and i assumed there was some sinatra played at the wedding and he said that was our first song was a sinatra song so uh for those of you who listen in uh jim carter during the week uh if you happen to have you happen to bump into him or see him somewhere wish him a happy anniversary uh always always good to do and biff how are you this morning doing great john doing great and how about yourself uh, i'm i'm uh you know back to work here you know that's all i can say so back to work there we go back to the grindstone Uh, yeah so um with us on the phone is george kennedy uh george kennedy is a freelance auto writer and uh, uh, Biff said to me, uh, what's uh, George Kennedy's claim to fame? And, and I said, bon vivant. So, George, would you agree with that? Are you a bon vivant? I hired gun, I suppose, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, and, and I, and, uh, you know, you know, we've talked in the past, uh, many times about different things and, and, uh, you know, always, always when we chat, we always come back to a variety of different car subjects. But, uh, you just posted on your Facebook page, uh, about the new issue of Upshift from the Lars Anderson Museum. And, uh, you do an awful lot of work with that, uh, putting that publication together, don't you? Yeah, yeah, uh, we're really proud of it. Um, you know, for, for your listeners, the Lars Anderson Auto Museum is located in Brookline, Massachusetts. Uh, it's a fantastic location, and this is their quarterly uh, journal, if you will, uh, quarterly publication. Uh, but it's far more than just sort of, you know, meeting notes, uh, you know, upcoming events, stuff like that. We've, we've tried to take the idea of the newsletter and elevate it to something of, of a real... Uh, a real piece of content that, that covers a lot of different topics. Yes, it's for the museum and the museum community, but it has a national scope. We're, we're making sure we're talking about things uh, that are relevant in the auto industry today and how that connects back to the history of the car. And we're also reviewing uh, current automobiles that might appeal to the museum community. And, uh, you know, let's talk about the museum for a minute. Oldest museum in the country? It's the oldest car collection in the western hemisphere from what i understand uh lars anderson was uh you know a wealthy individual in boston and his wife he and his wife were very well to do uh isabella weld anderson uh as in connected to uh the bill weld weld family um and 
they were they had a, a collection of horses and carriages, uh, and they basically had so many that they had a, this giant carriage house, their garage, a detached garage, if you will. Uh, but they stylized it after a French chateau using granite from New Hampshire. Uh, just an incredible facility. And uh, they were into the, all this stuff in the turn of the century. So as the automobile started to gain in popularity, sort of almost the way Tesla sort of spread amongst uh, wealthy early adopters in the early years of Tesla, the automobile became this sort of wealthy early adopter novelty in the early years before it became ubiquitous uh, with the Model T. And so they would have folks in, in the area come and check out their cars. They would show it off, uh, show off their collection. And to this day, uh, that collection still is in the lower level of the museum. The upper level has a rotating exhibit, which right now, as you were mentioning, sort of a gangster cars, right now it's... Um, Golden era automobiles, 1915 to, to I think like 1939. And really it was Isabel Anderson that was one of the key people involved, more than Lars, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, she was sort of a, a very strong personality, um, you know, with many philanthropic efforts when it comes to community outreach and stuff and sort of really was the, the motivating force behind them opening their doors to the community and it's great because to this day, you know, this, this past year sort of hampered it a little, but every year Lars Anderson still opens its doors every weekend for a lot of events of different kinds. You've got Corvette days, you've got Porsche days, you've got Japanese car, German car days. Uh, and even though it was a slow start this season, they've managed to still put on most of their lawn events sort of rounding out through the rest of the fall uh, by, by trying to be smart about you know, owners only sort of this this time around for participants. But they're trying to take every precaution possible to try and make sure that we still have these lawn events going. Yeah, and it, it really is, and I've said this before, the automotive industry tends to bring the public together. You can, you can be completely, you know, on opposite ends about just about everything, but in a lot of cases, people share a love of vehicles and that can kind of bridge some of those gaps and um you know and the idea that you can do that you know with something like the Lars Anderson collection and I remember my my first kind of oh my when I saw the Lars Anderson collection was that um I I, I forget what it was a French car with a toilet in the back of it oh uh the CG the CGV yeah um, yeah, yeah. those are really cool. They're these giant, like almost truck-like frames and you would have different coach builders. Sort of like early Rolls Royces. You know, Rolls Royce in the, in the early days and, and Bugatti as well, they build the frame and the chassis and everything. And just like a horse and carriage, you would take the car to a coach builder. So you have these special runs of a specific coach builder. Well, this one was designed for, uh, for overlanding is what you would call it now. You know, at the time, they were just starting to get to be uh, car-worthy roads, but everything else was, was, was horse and carriage tracks. So if you wanted to go up and go camping, which the Andersons did, you would have to get this very robust vehicle that could, that could basically go off-roading. And this was a, a sort of an early off-road RV, which had uh, a wash basin in it. Yeah, and the thing, the thing is the size of, of a house. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, you know if it was if it was on TV, it'd be uh, it'd be tiny home living or something because yeah, it's it's pretty it's a pretty it's a pretty big pretty big vehicle. But just the idea that I you know I've been going to the Lars Anderson Museum for years and years and years, and just the variety of vehicles that come through the door are things that you don't see very often, and. Um, and it seems like the museum is kind of like many museums today have relaxed a little bit. You can get a little bit closer to the vehicles these days. But I think you're right. The lawn events and, you know, hopefully the world will be a better place when spring rolls around um, and a healthier place. But uh, the lawn events, I remember I was I I borrowed, leased a car, I guess, from uh, from the Lars Anderson. I borrowed their Baker Electric for a display or rented it from them or something. And I brought it back during uh, Italian Car Day. And, you know, you show up with a truck and a trailer, and, you know, everybody thinks you're going to be, you know, kind of... Dropping off a 250 one. GTO yeah. California or something, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. But I, I wasn't. I was just bringing their car back to them. But uh, yeah. but the idea, and I hadn't been to Italian Car Day before, and I there was stuff there I had never seen before, and the I'm not... The official name it, is... is Tutto Italiano, so everything Italian. And and what's right. great about that is, you know, this isn't just a Ferrari day. It's not just Lamborghini day. It, you know, every niche brand, so like Alancia, um, you know, some Abarth, stuff like that. And I, what what makes the the community so great is how open it is, right? And the museum has benefited greatly from the, the enthusiasm of the uh, community because, when you think about it, you know, different regions in America are sort of known for having different cars. You know, the Midwest, you might have like your 57 Chevy, stuff like that. Uh, New England really is known specifically for having incredible collectors for classic European stuff uh, with racing heritages, uh, you know, famous, famous backgrounds, stuff like that. So you think about the, the Greenwich Concours down in Connecticut, you know, you're seeing a lot of niche cars there. When you go to a, a Tutto Italiano or, or any other car event, specifically the, you know, the orphan car days, which are really cool, you're seeing this, these incredibly rare cars come out, and that's really thanks to the, the community. And then the great thing is that the rotating exhibits that come through in the upper level of the museum are really relied upon the strength of that community and, and the, the people that organize the museum being able to tap into that community and reach out to those collectors and say, hey, can we borrow this car, borrow that car, and they're gracious enough to do that for a period of time. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Uh, you know, we've talked about the museum. Let's talk about, let's talk about the, uh, the publication. Um, uh, you know, you, you just sent me, you just sent me a, uh, uh, a digital version of it, which I, which I shared. Uh, but kind of let's go, what, what are readers going to find in there uh, this quarter? Sure. So, in, the first thing you'll notice is that it, it is a purely digital publication, uh, but it has the look and feel of a glossy magazine. And we wanted to have that idea of being able to read it on your tablet and swipe through it, you know, kind of lazily on a Sunday morning and and be able to enjoy sort of the, the traditional experience of, of that magazine uh, reading aesthetic, but uh, on your tablet. And what you're going to see is, you know, you just talked about the, the Baker Electric. We do a retrospective on the Baker and the other electric vehicles, including the, the charging system that they had for it, because we wanted to tie it to the fact that uh, our own Jim Travers reviewed the LimeWire electric Harley-Davidson. 
And the LimeWire, I, I talked to somebody recently who uh, was able to take that motorcycle for a ride, and they said it was scary fast, crazy quiet, and just a phenomenal right. motorcycle. And, and uh, you know, who would have thought that a motorcycle company who's known for that, you know, sound of a two-cylinder, uh, you know, whether it's a whether it's a hundred and twenty cc engine or I mean a hundred and twenty cubic inch engine or not, with the sound that you know, people say to me, "What's a Harley sound like?" And I say, and I will say, you know, say the word potato, you know, and that's what it sounds like when it's <laughs> idling, you know, and yeah. and to go from that to uh, to an electric motorcycle that has crazy performance uh, just kind of gives you an idea where you know what what Harley's up to these days. Well, it, it's funny. I, I applaud them for doing it because I view Harley really as sort of the brand that that is, doesn't hasn't really adapted with the times. They knew that their buyer set was a certain demographic, and they were just going to ride that into the sunset. Pardon the mm-hmm. pun. Um, this shows that they're trying to to, to to adapt with the times. And I've always been a big proponent of like, look, I love classic cars that you just smell the the, the leaded fuel and just like the fumes. But I also recognize that if we want to be able to continue this hobby and enjoy fast cars, that we're going to have to start looking at alternative fuels. So I've always been a proponent of the idea of uh, electric modular engine swaps, the ability of GM is showing at, you know, maybe remote virtual SEMA. They're dropping an electric powertrain into a K5 Blazer from the 70s. And so I love the idea of being able to say, look, you know, as long as it, in my mind, as long as it goes fast, you might not get the sound. You might not get the vibration through your hands. But if it moves fast, then I, and it can take a corner well, then there's something there that's worth paying attention to. Yeah, I, I think you're right. In fact, I just answered a question in one of my columns that, uh, someone wanted to know about doing an electric, an electric swap and, uh, but they wanted to do it in a modern way rather than take an old, you know, DC motor and, you know, a controller box and, you know, lead acid batteries and try to do a modern conversion. And I did see that, uh, the GM and others now are making a, a kind of a crate motor drop in unit that, uh, you know, that basically they took the, the Chevy Bolt drivetrain and they put it in a box and you can buy it. And you think, well, that's not a ton of horsepower, but it's a, it's a bunch of torque and it it's probably... a bunch of torque and all that torque is available from zero RPM. And if you remember right. sort of old non turbo diesel engines, you got to get those revs going pretty high before you get anything remotely, uh, you know, motivated. But with this electric power, all that torque is available at zero RPM. You're going to spin the tires no matter what. And then it all comes down to, well, you know, how, how fast do you want to go? And, and, and that, that caller should look up, uh, Rich Rebuild because that, He's been doing some really cool stuff, and he's connected with the folks on the West Coast. I forget the name of the company, but they've been doing electric Porsche 356s, 550 RS Spiders, electric Volkswagen Beetles, electric buses, uh, all these sort of a little more, like I, I had a Toyota, a 1986 Toyota 4Runner. It's a little on the lighter side, and so that would be a perfect candidate for an electric swap. You know, maybe not a, a heavy-duty pickup, but an SUV or a car that's a little on the lighter side from sort of pre-safety regulation days, right? Yeah. No, it, to me, to me, it's a, it would be a perfect swap for maybe some, 
you know, maybe maybe something kind of cool, like an MGB or something, something that you, you know, found one somewhere that was in reasonably good condition that, um, you know, maybe it was a rubber bumper car that weren't very popular, but you could <laughs> you could put an electric drivetrain in it and kind of kind of make right, it cool. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's no. Uh, bridge of old and new that that we that we try and address in this issue. Um, we also uh, I, we have my reviews of the new McLaren GT, which is a cool car. Uh, the Lexus LC five hundred, which I thought was a fantastic car. That car at one hundred and twenty grand actually felt like felt and drove and looked like it cost twice as much. Hmm. Well, let's let's back up to the McLaren GT for a while. I got to spend sure. a little bit of time in that. What did you think of it? Um, I, I felt that it was one of these sort of, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Cause a grand touring car, which is what GT stands for, is supposed to be this sort of big, comfortable coupe that also has a lot of power that you can carve up some back roads in Europe. Now, this is the sort of classic idea of the grand tourer and then sort of be able to, to cruise effortlessly when you want, but also stomp on it when you want as well. This felt like a a hardcore supercar that was wearing slightly more comfortable clothing. Hmm. Yeah, I found I found that the uh, the brake system when it was cold was almost non-existent. Oh yeah, you, you can hear yeah. it too, right? Yeah. And it's because they're a smaller company; they have they haven't been able to iterate some of the tech fast enough, so it doesn't have Apple CarPlay, which. You know, in 2020, that's become almost a deal breaker because you want a, a GT, a Grand Tour, you're going to be on the highway a lot, right? Well, yeah. you want ways. You want to be able to see what's on the road ahead of you, not the little proprietary nav system. You want to be able to see if somebody dropped a little pin that there's a cop coming up ahead, right? Well, if you're in a McLaren, yeah. If you're in, if you're in my <laughs> yeah, Hyundai, exactly. if you're in my Hyundai Santa Fe, not so much, but yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, and I, you know, I, the one thing that the that sticks out within the McLaren lineup about the GT is that every other McLaren, the engine bay is exposed, but in the GT, it's covered so that there's extra space to put uh, bags. They allege that you can fit a golf bag. Uh, right yeah, there. yeah, yeah. A, 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 you know, a, a golf bag for mini golf. Uh, yeah, right. And and look, yeah. it's. It has a slightly more subdued styling than, like, the 675 LT and some of the other, like, hardcore supercars. But it still turns heads everywhere you go. Every time I went to fill up that gas tank, which was a lot, um, I'm not a very big tank, which is also a bit of a concern yeah. for a, a grand cool. touring car. Yeah. But every, every time I went to fill up the tank, people stopped and took pictures of it. It's, it will turn heads no matter what. Yeah, although I did get a couple of nice-looking Corvette comments. I <laughs> I didn't get that, but I was I was I was concerned that that was going to happen, and, and that's a testament to what they've done with the new Corvette. There are people uh, like my brother who are Porsche guys who really never would have given for a Corvette uh, a new Corvette kind of a lot of thought, but would seriously consider the the C8. And I think that speaks to just like Harley with the electric line wire identifying that they can't ride the same demographic into the sunset. Or Chevy realized that they wanted they need to pivot, you know, younger with their clientele for the Corvette, you know, a maybe more refined, uh, you know, buyer, and they've they've absolutely responded, and it's awesome because that's been a long time coming for that car. Yeah, no, it really has, it really has. So, if people want to read uh, Upshift, how do they do that? Sure. So uh, LarsAnderson.org. It's one of the links on the left hand side, uh, and I sent you the link as well. Yep. And like I said, it uh. 
it reads and flows like a traditional magazine, uh, even though it's a fully digital. The best best way to read it is, you know, full screen uh, on on a tablet, or you can even uh, on your phone. And uh, just sort of sit there and uh, learn some new things about new new cars, learn some new things about old cars, and and yep. uh, learn how to support the museum at the same time, right? Yeah, and, and the museum is open. Uh, it's 10 to 4 on the weekends, 10 to 2, Wednesday through Friday. Their doors are open, so uh, definitely come on down and check it out. There's a lot of really cool stuff, and it's just this awesome hub for uh, automotive enthusiasm in New England. And if people want to uh, follow you on, say, Twitter or something to see what kind of uh, uh, nonsense you're up to. Um, <laughs> yeah, check me out on Instagram at uh, G101. Instagram? I'm occasionally posting car stuff, could be sailing stuff, could be dog pictures, who knows. Um, like I said, bon vivant. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, and I think last time we were, you were on, you... Uh, you uh, you nominated your favorite North Shore roast beef places and slammed South Shore bar pizza. I don't. It's not that I hate bar pizza. It's that I I saw it uh, being sold in a uh, in a convenience store in a, in a freezer. And I'm like, Wait, no, no, this doesn't make any sense. Bar pizza is meant to be had at a bar. Like you're not supposed to be eating that kind of food sober. Uh, okay. I don't know if I'll quite go that far. How about, yeah. how, about if you, how about if you how about if you eat a pizza with a nice frosty cold draft beer? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, in uh, moderation, of course. But hey, look, you can have you can have uh, roast beef anytime you want um. uh, for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, Glenn's on Route One, right next to Cappy's, is my favorite. There you go. There you go. Hey, George, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday and joining us on North Shore 1049. Thanks. Have a good one. All right. Take care, George. Bye-bye. That was George Kennedy, uh, auto writer. I've known, I've known George for a long time now. Uh, big Jeep fan, by the way. Uh, loves Jeep products. Uh, he uh, uh, big off-roader. Uh, enjoys enjoys taking uh, taking the road less traveled, I guess. So uh, and always has some interesting things to say. And uh, and I will admit, there's a few things he said in the past I've stolen and made them my own. So uh, sorry, George. And Rich rebuilds, and uh, he mentioned is a electric electric car guy uh, from the North Shore area who um, kind of uh, first. Uh, first read about him when he uh, when he bought a wrecked Tesla, and then uh, bought another wrecked Tesla, and kind of made two out of made one out of two, and now he's doing a lot of things, and he's opened a electric repair shop uh, up in uh, see the right right up uh, maybe on the it may be in New Hampshire, maybe in Massachusetts, right on the line, and opened a second electric repair shop down in Florida somewhere. So one of these days I'd like to have him on just to chat a little bit. Uh, so listeners, if you know Rich of Rich Rebuild, so have him give us a call. We need to take a break, pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on North Shore 104.9. If you would like to join us, our phone number is 800-370-1049. We'll be right back.
If it's local you want, it's local we have. Your local connection, North Shore 104.9. I Tank Morris. Join me weekday mornings. We'll have local news, entertainment, music to get you going, and lots of laughs. Laugh and learn weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on your local connection, North Shore 104.9. This is Kate Fox from Destination Salem inviting you to support small businesses in Salem this November. Plan a day to check out our unique shops and restaurants, get a jump on your holiday shopping, and dine in or take out at one of our many popular restaurants. Outdoor dining is still available. BYOB, bring your own blanket to keep warm. From books to fashion, home goods to cheese, wine to jewelry, you will be delighted to find something for everyone on your holiday list. Visit Salem.org and download the free Destination Salem app to plan your visit. It today. So you need a car, but you don't have the cash. Did you know Misho Mitsubishi in Danvers is a used car solution? People tell me the most difficult part of the car buying process is deciding where to buy. There are so many choices. Who has the best deals? Is the car in good condition? And can I trust them? It's information overload. Well, we have a solution. Misho Mitsubishi on 114 in Danvers is the hidden secret on the North Shore. Full transparency, low-pressure atmosphere, and people that treat you like family. Simply put, we're different. Our inventory is loaded with incredible options. From Acuras to Hondas, Toyotas, and Fords. That's right. We don't just carry Mitsubishi. So whether you're a carpenter, a landscaper, a plumber, or a student going to school, we have the used car for you, and they all have a warranty. Misho Mitsubishi in Danvers is your used car solution. Veterans, senior citizens, you get an extra 250 off as a courtesy. It's the truth. Misho Mitsubishi is different. No shenanigans, just great deals. Visit us on Route 114 in Danvers. MishoAuto.com M-I-C-H-A-U-T Join me, Joe Piantanosti, this weekend for Breaking Bread. This weekend when we salute our veterans. Saturday morning, 11 a.m., Sunday morning, 10 a.m., right here on North Shore 1049. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on North Shore 1049. I kind of forgot. We're playing Christmas music. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's uh, it'll be here before you know it, I suppose. And Christmas music makes people happy, so uh, you know, maybe people need a little bit of that. Uh, if you would like to join us, our phone number, phone lines are open, by the way, 800-370-1049, 800-370-1049. If you'd like to call and chat about cars and car stuff and car problems and uh, maybe you have a problem with your car, maybe you think about buying something, selling something, uh, who knows, uh, we can we can chat with you about your car, uh, 800-370-1049. Um, an article from the paper says... Uh, Driving an electric car can take some getting used to, and that's time few carjackers can afford to spare. Police in Maryland said two men tried to steal an electric vehicle at gunpoint from a driver who was charging it outside of a convenience store, but they couldn't figure out how to operate it, so they gave up and stole a vehicle from someone else. The report doesn't specify the type of electric vehicle or what What about it was so confusing a second driver... Uh, the men accosted nearby, complied with their demand, police said, and the carjackers made away with a fossil-fueled uh, vehicle instead. While the thieves did manage to avoid capture, their getaway wasn't nearly as clean as intended, according to this article. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what would... Maybe they just were looking for a shifter and there wasn't one or something, or maybe they were waiting for the engine to start. Who knows? But uh, 
you know, something something was on, so they couldn't figure it out. So, but uh, kind of a kind of an interesting story about electric cars. So, if um, I think I mentioned it last week that I had uh, a chance to talk to two different people. Uh, one was Lisa Teed. She is the Mustang Mark E uh, manager about the all electric Ford Mustang SUV. Again, Mustang's not an SUV. Biff, Mustang SUV? No. I don't think so. Uh, Sorry, no, no, no. No, no, I don't think so either. Mustang's a Mustang. But they've, you know, they've, they've tempered it a little bit now. They're calling it the, the Mach-E SUV, which doesn't sound like Mustang, so maybe that's okay. I mean, it sounds like a pretty nice car. But um, that video interview, as well as the one with Kelly Funkhauser from Consumer Reports, are up on the AAA Northeast YouTube page. So if you want to... Um, See, uh, see as well as hear the interviews. You can go, just, uh, go to YouTube and go to AAA Northeast and you can find, you can find the, uh, the, uh, video there. And, uh, you know, if you find out there's nothing on TV and you want to kill 30 minutes or so, you can watch, you can watch the interview. And as we chat about, um, with Kelly about advanced driver assistance systems and how some work better than others, uh, in fact, the Cadillac Super Cruise was the one that they thought worked much better than some of the others because it actually did a better job of um, of monitoring the driver to make sure that the driver was paying attention. So uh, there you go. Uh, an article, an article again in I think it was Automotive News that says Volkswagen's newest dealership in Australia doesn't allow customers inside its showroom. The store has no employees. The vehicles on display don't work, and its location changes frequently. So it's sort of a pop-up store, I guess. And it's also less than a foot tall. What? The world's smallest car dealership, as Volkswagen claims it to be, is part of an augmented reality experience designed to let customers and consumers explore and shop the company's lineup using their phone. It's one way that Volkswagen is trying to make shoppers more comfortable with buying a vehicle online during the pandemic. The technology lets users um, test the vehicle's lights, open and close the doors, interact with the interior. They can also schedule a test drive if they prefer that instead. The miniature dealership is meant to highlight the company's small utility vehicles. It's designed to be moved around uh, to places where passerbys can access the augmented reality experience by scanning a QR code, but the virtual showroom can be used by anyone at any location. The launch of Volkswagen's smallest dealerships and its uh, augmented reality experience is all about making buying a car online easier and more convenient, allowing customers to uh, find, test, and customize a vehicle. Jason Bradshaw, Volkswagen's chief customer marketing officer, said in a statement, we're continually looking for ways to enhance our customers' shopping experience, and we're excited to be able to give Australians the opportunity to try on our latest range of small SUVs in their own time on their own driveway and help them feel confident they found the right car. Um, yeah, now we're starting to see if you have ventured out to a restaurant at all, um, a lot of times they don't have menus anymore. They just have uh, they just have a little QR code, a little square, goofy looking thing that you, depending on your phone, if you have an iPhone, you just sort of look like you're going to take a picture of it, and the iPhone's smart enough to 
kind of connect it to wherever it's supposed to go, and then you there's your menu or your um, contact contact tracing information that they want you to put down in case somebody gets sick. Um, so you're able to you're able to see that. Uh, if you have an Android phone, you might have to download a QR reader for it to work. At least that's what I had to do with my wife's phone. But uh, the idea of looking at a menu, a restaurant menu, and a little teeny phone, a little bit annoying to me. Uh, but I guess it's better than passing menus back and forth between people. So maybe it does kind of work. Our phone number again, 800-370-1049, 800-370-1049. And that's uh, how you get through. Our lines are our lines are open. Phone, phone lines are quiet today. Um, join us, 800-370-1049. Um, Hyundai and Kia flag a $2.9 billion earnings hit. Hmm. Uh, quality costs related to the Theta engine used by its affiliated South Korean automakers will affect third quarter earnings. That's the, that's one of their most popular engines. And I know a little bit about a lot of the engines had a kind of a knocking problem. And some people said it was a result of a bad knock sensor that uh, wouldn't retard the engine timing. Other people said there's actually a knock inside the engine, and they kind of deafen the knock sensor so it wouldn't play with the timing so much. Um, but the uh, one way or another, that's the engine that's in my car. Um, the New York Auto Show, which usually runs in the spring of every year, usually right around... Um, the uh, beginning of April uh, is moving to August of 2021. So it was originally stated to run uh, uh, August 2nd through the 11th. I usually go for the preview days, uh, some days, sometimes t two days, sometimes one. Some days just drive out for the day at ridiculously early in the morning. The New York Auto Show is always kind of interesting. And when you get to go to the press days, what's kind of fun is, uh, there's no one there to tell you you can't get up on the turnstiles and open and close the doors and kind of really spend a lot more time looking at the cars. So um, it's always good to go to. Uh, Detroit, I, I've been to a couple of times. Um, Detroit is, uh, uh, you know, their show's been on hold as well. Uh, we'll have to see if August 2021, whether they're able to do it. Originally, you know, it was going to run the 2nd through the 11th and, um they're going to kind of, you know, take advantage of the expansion to the uh, convention center as well. It, it takes it takes uh, place uh, at the big convention center in New York, and um, it is it takes up pretty much the whole space. Now, apparently, they're expanding the convention center. I, I wasn't aware of that, and uh, can't imagine how much more they can put in there because less car manufacturers are coming to coming to car shows and the Boston Auto Show. Who knows whatever's going to happen with that? Um, I heard somewhere that the company who runs the show may not may not be the same company anymore. So we'll have to have to see what's going on with that. And uh, if you own a Tesla Model S or Model X, um, you may be getting a recall in the mail. And I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, Chrysler Corporation, uh, Fiat Chrysler America is uh, changing their name again. They are merging with Peugeot. So we'll have to uh we'll have to see what see what all that information is about and see if that makes any real difference with uh the company itself. So there you go. 800-370-1049 800-370-1049 is our number. Give us a call. Why don't we take a break? 
pay some more bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Join us on the phone, 800-370-1049. We'll be right back. This is Superintendent Heidi Riccio with an important announcement from Essex North Shore Agricultural and Technical School. On Saturday, November 21st at 9 a.m., we will be hosting a virtual open house with an interactive tour of our school. If you are a family member with a current eighth grader, please join us. Applications are now open for September 2021. Visit EssexNorthShore.org for details. We look forward to seeing you. When guests come to Teresa's Prime Steakhouse, I want them to feel it's like family. Hi, this is Nick Yeba, owner of Teresa's Prime Steakhouse. If you want the next level dining that's modern and sophisticated with a personal touch, I invite you to come join us for an unforgettable experience. Teresa's offers a wide selection of prime beef, fresh fish, Italian specialties, and the world's finest wines. We're located at 20 Elm Street on Route 62 in North Reading. For more details, go to Teresa'sEatery.com. The Acura of Peabody Season of Performance event is here and happening right now. Experience Acura's luxury 2020 MDX with roomy seating for seven, superior performance, the latest technology, and a safe, comfortable ride for your family. Lease the all-wheel drive MDX for just $2.75 a month for 36 months, only at Acura of Peabody. Acura of Peabody, for the best selection, price, and service. They're easy to find on Route 114 in Peabody or online at Acura. Tune into Dirty Work this Sunday morning at 6.30 as we move to an hour format with me, Billy Pickles, and... Michelle Thistle. Michelle, it's going to be great to talk about all your home projects. Yeah, it's going to be fun. This Sunday morning at 6.30 for a full hour of Dirty Work, powered by Adobe John Hardware. Good morning, everyone. I'm Mark Resenthal. Welcome to Saturday, everybody. Here is your North Shore 1049 forecast. Surveying the North Shore in the Merrimack Valley. Lots of sun. Windy, cool today, near 50. Clear, cold overnight of the upper 20s. In tomorrow, lots of morning sun and increasing clouds, low 50s. Chance of showers tomorrow night with gusty southwest winds. Monday, sun clouds cooler, near 50. Much colder air comes in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week. Weather forecast being brought to you by the Berry Tavern on High Street in Danvers. The Berry Tavern is now open for outside patio dining and indoor dining while continuing to offer curbside pickup, takeout, and delivery through local delivery companies. They serve North End Italian specialties like veal parmesan and chicken bivinotto, along with homemade pasta and sauce, as well as brick oven pizza. They also serve salads, soups, sandwiches, steak tips, burgers, fries, along with cocktails, beer, and wine. Call the Berry Tavern, 978 978- 777-2377 for reservations. Check out their menu online by going to berrytavern.com for local North Shore. 1049, I'm Mark Resenthal. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on North Shore 104.9. Maybe you're listening on the app, which is just as simple, North Shore 1049, or maybe you asked Alexa to listen and you listening on tune in or something that's uh 
one of the ways, but uh, go right to North Shore, you know, if you're listening on a computer or your phone or something, go to North Shore 104.9 and click listen live. And you can listen to us. And after uh, after us, you can listen to Joe Piantadozzi with Breaking Bread and all kinds of good stuff all weekend. Uh, it's all here. So there you go. Um, our phone number again, 800-370-1049. And Biff says we have a couple of people on the phone. And let's start with a question about a Ford Ranger and towing capacity. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Oh, good morning. Uh, my name is George, and I've got hey, a, a 2019 Ford Ranger Polarietti, um, the uh, yep. crew cab. Yep. And it's a four-wheel drive, and the specs say this thing can co- tow about 7,500 pounds. And like a four, 375 pounds of ton weight. And, you know, this thing's only got a little four cylinder engine, mm. which goes, which is to me pretty, pretty peppy. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was just wondering what your thoughts are on, on towing maybe something in the between the four and five thousand pound range. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, you know, and Ford, Ford is pretty pretty clear on that that they say uh, you know towing capacity up to seventy five hundred pounds and which which I agree with you it sounds like sounds like an awful lot but on the other hand um, they've it, it's it, you know in the old days of uh, Ranger pickup truck you know they were they were smallish style trucks uh, your truck is actually is actually you know, kind of a kind of a mid-sized truck. So as long as it has the frame weight to be able to do it, and the engine, you know, that's a that's a pretty gutsy, like you said, a pretty gutsy little engine. Um, but that's seventy-five hundred pounds when equipped with the uh, you know the trailer tow package. Um, if you didn't have that package, it's only available. It's only made to tow thirty-five hundred pounds. So as long as you have the um, the the trailer tow package, I guess I guess it can. Um, but it depends on kind of where you're, where you're towing it. And, uh, you know, if you were, if you were heading, if you were towing a 6,000 pound trailer up to the mountains in New Hampshire, I bet this thing would work pretty hard. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah, my towing so. would basically be local, you know, just towing a boat in and out of the, the water. And oh. one of the things they do state is you got to make sure it's got um, the trail's got good brakes. Right, right. Because because they you know you know there's supposedly an upgrade in the brake system whenever they do uh, trailer towing uh, packages. I don't know that I always believe that. So yeah, you want to make sure. But if you're doing short distance, low speed, just putting a boat in and out of the water, um, I saw somebody with a uh, with a 28 foot uh, boat getting towed by a Toyota Tacoma uh, a couple weeks ago out on the road, and it was it was going down the it was going down the road pretty well. So, um, you know, yeah, certainly, certainly you could certainly you could do it. I I don't see why you couldn't. So, yeah, yeah, I got yeah. this one with the trailer package. So yeah, so so yeah, so you you should be good to go. You know how you know how um. How big? How big is the boat? Uh, it's probably going to be around twenty-three to twenty-four foot. Yeah, it'll probably be in the, you know, uh, dry weights probably thirty-five hundred. But when you start putting uh, all the gas and all the stuff in, you're going to add yeah. 
probably had close to another thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah, you're you're right, and and like I said, I think I think you could um, you could do you could do that with no with with no real problem. I think it's a matter of um, you just have to be careful. You know, is it going to tow it as as well as a you know F three fifty dually? No, but is you know as long as you're careful and you you know plan your plan your stops and the trailer brake setup is working right. And does that have the trailer brake control uh, right on the dash for you? Uh, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Okay. So um um you know like it said you gotta you gotta make sure but yeah I mean I mean Ford. Ford claims that, you know, with the trailer towing package, you're, you're good to go. So I, you know, I don't, I don't see why not. I think, I think sometimes we underestimate, you know, how much, you know, you know, cars can really, you know, cars can really tow. And, uh, again, I think it's a matter of just being, being careful. And, uh, you know, I think, I think he can, I think he can make it work. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to be giving it a shot before long, so. <laughs> yeah. Why? We'll see. Well, uh, you know, give me give me a call when you do, and I'll I'll come up and help you. Actually, I just want to go out. Actually, I just want to go out in your boat. That's all. So. That's that's fine. I'm always looking for somebody. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Take Thank care you. Now. Yep. Bye bye. Well then, that's uh, you know you can. You know, you ha- you have to kind of you have to kind of look at um, you know everything, everything you know the vehicle is capable of doing. Um, you know, if if they, chances are, if they say that the uh, if they say that the car can do it, chances are, what usually happens is what I've usually found out is um, it can do usually more than that. So well, there we go. So we'll give it a try. Uh, I think now we're going. Where are we going? I already forgot. We, I already uh, forgot. We're, well, we're going to Rockport. Beautiful we're Rockport. Rockport. Dwayne, yeah, Dwayne's on the phone. But yeah. before we go to Dwayne, I, I, from a producer's standpoint, John, that may have been the best phone line I've ever heard from George in Salem. Really? It was incredible. It was like he was mm. sitting next to me. But anyway, moving on. Yeah, yeah we've no. got uh, Dwayne from Rockport. He needs some help. He's got an El, El Camino, and he's got trans transmission blues. Transmission Blues. Dwayne, you there? Yes, how you doing? Good, how are you? Not bad, not bad, thank you. Uh, yes, I have a 1964 Chevy El Camino. Yeah? Um, it's got uh, 454 big block stock converters, comp cams. It's got, it's got some stuff into it. Yeah. Now, I blew the training on it, and I have no idea anything about trainees. I got a price. Of uh, twenty two hundred dollars from a transmission guy. Yeah. Now I don't know if that's a good price or if anybody you know or somebody out there who could probably help out a little bit better and something like that. I was just well. Wondering. Well, I mean, you want to make sure, you know it depends what they're you know if, are they just are they rebuilding that one or are they or are they putting you know something new you know if they're if they're buying something from like Summit Racing. Or one of those kind of companies, um, you know, or Jegs, um, which is a you know another racing parts manufacturer. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're buying from somebody like that, the transmission cost on that is going to be somewhere between twelve and fourteen hundred dollars. But it's going to be a 
you know, it's going to be a high-performance, heavy-duty style transmission that should be able to handle the performance of your big block motor you have in there. So well, they stated that they would actually rebuild that the oh, original okay. transmission. So I again, I don't know how much you know a transmission should actually cost. Yeah. Do you do you do you know what do you know what kind of transmission is in that? Is it you know back in 1964 it probably had a two speed power glide in it, but well, I'm, I'm guessing somebody put probably a it came turbo out of hydromatic 400. Okay. The 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 four the uh, 454 and the training came out of a 70s Corvette. Okay, so it's probably it's probably a, a turbo hydromatic 400. That was that was really popular. That was a good heavy duty transmission, uh, easily able to handle that kind of heavy duty horsepower. Um, yeah, I mean you're you know t you know time wise time wise to do the job to rebuild to rebuild the transmission. You know you you're looking at you're looking at um, you know probably a uh, you know a day's worth of work um, you know taking it all apart and putting it back together and taking it you know it's not it's not a terrible thing to to uh, to take apart uh, but still you're looking at you know you're looking at a you know fair amount of fair mm -hmm. amount of work you know to yep. you know to, to take it out it's you know and depending if you have you know if the exhaust is in the way and you have to pull the exhaust out of the way uh, making sure nobody did anything goofy like weld a cross member in where it doesn't belong so you have to you know cut some welds out but it's probably to rebuild that transmission take it apart clean it put all the soft parts back into it and then put it all back together you know that's a day's worth of work um so you know if a transmission shop charges you know 120 dollars an hour you know you you burnt up easily a thousand dollars worth of labor plus the transmission kit which is you know which is another you know 400 they're probably putting a torque converter in it so another few hundred on top of that so well, you're you're in you certainly converter in a stall uh, uh, a um stall converter uh, but I mean that those I think those were new. Yeah. When I, or when I when I changed the cams and stuff like this, because yep. I think when I put the cam in, they had to put one in. Right. Okay. Right. So I mean that yep. part should be new, but. Um, yeah, but you know if the transmission's bad, you don't know. You know, minimally they got to send the converter out and get it flushed out because you know it could have junk floating around okay. inside of there too. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, if this was mine. I might want to go with a high performance transmission from somebody like Jegs or Summit Racing. Um, you know, you're getting it in a crate. It's designed to handle, you know, the, the, the last one I saw from Jegs, I think, was designed to handle seven or eight hundred yep, horsepower, yep. which, you know, and that might be, again, it's going to be, you know, fifteen hundred bucks plus the labor to take it out and put it back in. So it's you know, it's still it's still gonna be expensive. Yeah. But uh but it might be a it might be a sturdier unit than what you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um uh there was one other quick question I was gonna ask sure. you but I, I kind of uh kind of slipped my mind. <laughs> hap hap happens to me all the time. So uh <laughs> Oh, exit. Would you actually think about putting a four or a five speed into a uh, 64 El Camino? 
People people do it all the time. It depends on uh, what do you got for gears in the rear end of that? You know, uh, I got the um, the uh, twelve bolt rear end. Okay, the, all I right. got the twelve bolt, and uh, I have a uh, automatic three speed B and M on it right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it. <sighs> yeah, I mean people do it all the time. It's just gonna it's gonna bring the final drive ratio up a little bit um usually you know usually the top gear but it's going to give it a little shifters you know a little smoother shifting but you know performance people tell you you know more you know more gears more stuff to break so <laughs> yeah. you know, true 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 yeah so you know going to uh going to a uh uh you know four-speed transmission an electronically controlled four-speed transmission yeah it's going to feel maybe a little bit more drivable uh but it you know, probably drives just fine right now. So yeah, uh, again, I think I I think I'd look more for durability, and yeah. maybe that's maybe that's why I might want to go with a, a performance oriented transmission. Okay, great. Okay, okay. All yes, right, you definitely right. answered my question. All right, take I wasn't care. sure to go rebuilt or new. Yep. I, I yeah. I think. I mean, even though it's a lot of money, I think I might go new just so you never have to do it again. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you very much. All right. You All right. Take care. We need to take another break. We're running a couple minutes behind. Our phone number is 800-370-1049. If you want to jump in for one last call, uh, we'll be right back. Hi, folks. This is Kevin Michaud at Michaud Mitsubishi in Danvers. I want to help you folks that need an automobile but might think you can't afford it. With only $500 down and monthly income of $2,000 a month, you're going to drive away in a brand new vehicle. I don't care if you had a few bumps in the road with your credit. You'll drive away with a brand new vehicle and it has a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Zach, tell our listeners. Dad, the best part is it starts at just $13,900. All of our Mirages come with backup camera, Bluetooth, and get over 40 miles per gallon. Fun to drive and safely equipped with seven airbags. This is a new vehicle at used car pricing. Just $13,900. We want to help you. We have 0% interest. Our showroom is being cleaned hourly. Our vehicles have a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Come to Misho Mitsubishi in Danvers, and we will help you. We are your feel-good dealer. I guarantee you'll be satisfied. MishaWaddle.com. So many mattress companies have a gimmick. At Gardner Mattress, there are no gimmicks because they manufacture mattresses with superior craftsmanship. Alan Gardner founded Gardner Mattress 87 years ago. Their mattresses are custom made and reasonably priced. Why go to a showroom that just sells mattresses when you can go to Gardner Mattress where they hand make the mattresses? All three showrooms are sanitized daily. Salem, Newton, and Woburn. Online at GardnerMattress.com. The Gardner Mattress Black Friday Sale, Friday, November 27th through Sunday the 29th. Save 15% off everything in the store, plus free delivery up to $99. Hi, folks. This is Gerard Moynihan of Moynihan Lumber. Professional builders and remodelers choose Anderson Windows more than any other brand in the United States. They do so because Anderson Windows and patio doors offer beautiful natural wood interiors, low-maintenance exteriors, and outstanding energy efficiency. See the complete line of Anderson Windows at any of our three locations, in Beverly, North Reading, or Plastown, New Hampshire, or at MoynihanLumber.com. Moynihan Lumber, we measure up. 
the Car Doctor program on North Shore 104.9. Next week, by the way, we're going to be talking to Richard Renner. He is from a company called Car ID, and um, they, um, they're sort of a one-stop online shop for just about anything automotive. And we're going to be talking about, like, you know, you know, automotive gifts for the holidays. Since we're playing Christmas music, we might as well do that. And uh, Biff also tells me Joe Piantadosi is in the studio. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Uh, good morning, John. How are you, sir? I am doing just fine. Yeah. Beautiful day here. Yeah. How is it on the South Shore? Uh, it is uh, It is about the same. It is about the same. So. You, you know what, though? Um, a 50-degree temperature drop. Tonight's supposed to drop to the 20s. And think about last week was in the 70s. A week ago, pretty funny, John. Two weeks ago, we did it, the show to get, you know, you did your show. I did yep. my show. It snowed. Last yeah, week, I, I I shoveled six inches of it yeah, off my uh, off my stairs. Yeah. We had six inches of snow, and then last week was seventies uh, for almost yeah, a full, yeah. full week. And today is more like uh, fall, but tonight's going to drop to the twenties. So it's just amazing this New England weather, you know. It, it it is, and that but isn't that is that why we love New England because of the weather, or do we just like to complain about the weather? Um, I think a little of both, probably. A little you know? both, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I know. Hey, so what do you got going on on Breaking Bread today? So we are celebrating Veterans Day, saluting veterans. So I've got two veterans. I have um, a really good friend of mine who uh, is one of um, the board members of the Mass Restaurant Association with me, a gentleman named Richard Mazzarella. He's an Army veteran. He fought in Vietnam, and he's not very quiet about it. So I got him to come on and talk a little bit about his uh, time as a veteran. Yep. And I also have my father-in-law, who is 90 years old. Ooh. He lives down in Ohio, and he is a retired Air Force colonel. Wow. And uh, we're going to call him and uh, chat with him about uh, his experience. He was in the, uh, the armed services for 20-something years, and he's uh, a pretty accomplished guy. So. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of interesting. I remember, um, you know, my father passed away when I was a teenager, so we never really got to talk. But you know, he he was a World War II guy. He was in he was in the what they called then the Army Air Force before it became the Air Force. And you know, and he traveled. You know, he traveled through uh, throughout. Uh, you know, Italy basically chasing Rommel in the, you know, and he was a tail gunner on a plane, which was not a good place to be. Those guys usually only got about four or five missions before they got shot down. And, uh, you know, I said to him, what, what, you know, what was it like? What was it like? I remember as a kid and there wasn't really a lot of conversation about it. It was, uh, you know, well, we had a job to do. We just yeah. did it. They're very tight-lipped yeah. about it. So yeah. It's nice yeah. to hear that. You know, it's Veterans yeah. Day is, is not to be confused with Memorial Day. It's a day to celebrate veterans. That's and right. Anybody that served, anyone that was in the military and that helped protect our country in any capacity, it's, it's a salute to them. So we're doing that today. Yeah. Absolutely. And thanks for doing it. And uh, and tell both tell both your guests, uh, thank you for everything they did for us. So I really appreciate it. Thank you, John. And you have a great week. And I look forward to speaking with you next week. You as well. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, uh, wash your hands during these COVID times and all times, actually. And, uh, Biff, thanks for the great job you do every week. I truly appreciate it. And we'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.